Our Lord is mercy himself. As he told St. Faustina, quote, Let the greatest sinners put their trust in my mercy. I cannot punish even the greatest sinner if he makes an appeal to my compassion. But on the contrary, I justify him in my unfathomable and inscrutable mercy. Close quote. And in today's gospel, we see a perfect example of this mercy of Christ. These lepers cry out to our Lord to have mercy on them, and he does. He heals their leprosy, a disease which until modern times was horribly disfiguring. It was completely untreatable and fatal. And yet nine out of the ten of them couldn't even be bothered to return and say thank you. But the ingratitude of those nine lepers pales in comparison to the ingratitude revealed in a study which was reported in a newspaper, USA Today, this past Thursday, which shows the percentage of people in various nations who never, or practically never, attend church. For the sake of time, we'll just look at a few countries. Okay, the percentage of people who never, or practically never, attend church in France is 60%. In the Netherlands, 48%. In Belgium, 46%. In Spain, 33%. In West Germany, 30%. France, 60%. Netherlands, 48%. Belgium, 46%. Spain, 33%. West Germany, 30%. Okay, Father, but why does this make the ingratitude of the nine lepers pale in comparison? After all, our Lord did a miracle for them. Well, keep in mind that because of original sin, we're all born dead, supernaturally speaking. Thanks a lot, Adam. And because we're born supernaturally dead, we can't live the supernatural life of heaven. That's one of the problems of our fallen condition. In order for our soul to get to heaven when we die, it has to have supernatural powers. It has to receive powers that are above our nature. Supernatural power. This supernatural power comes only from God. It's a free gift of God, and we can only get it in this life. We call the basic supernatural power that enables us to get to heaven when we die and to live the supernatural life in heaven when we get there. We call that basic supernatural power sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace is a power above our nature. It's a new and completely different kind of life, supernatural life. And if we die with this power, if we die in the state of grace, we will get to heaven and we will be able to live there once we get there. Only the people that die with this power can go to heaven. No one else can. This is actually a key reason why our Lord became man. He came to give us the supernatural life. He came to give us sanctifying grace. That's why he established the Catholic Church. In fact, that's the reason for the existence of the Catholic Church. The whole entire purpose of the church is to continue Christ's work through time until the end of the world, undoing the damages caused by original sin by bestowing or restoring grace, sanctifying grace to men's souls. Every single thing that a man does as a priest is concerned with this one thing, 
sanctifying grace. Every single thing that I do as a priest is concerned with grace. Bestowing it, increasing it, protecting it, or restoring it. Everything. That's why the church exists. That's why the priesthood exists. That's what all the laws of the church are about. That's why they exist. That's why we're here. To bestow, increase, protect, and restore sanctifying grace with the goal that each one of us will die with it so that we can get to heaven. Okay, Father, we all know that, but what does that have to do with these ungrateful lepers? The chances are very good that massive numbers of these people from France, the Netherlands, and Belgium, and Spain, and West Germany, who now never go to church, massive numbers of these people were baptized. And what does that mean? That means that when these people were babies, they were bought by their parents and their godparents before our Lord. Just like we were. They were brought by their parents and their godparents before the Lord. And the Lord begged them to have mercy on these supernaturally dead little babies. And our Lord had mercy on these little tiny enemies of his, because that's what an unbaptized baby was. And is He had mercy on them, and he washes them clean of the leprosy of original sin and gives them supernatural life and makes it possible for them to lead the life of heaven. In fact, our Lord has given a baby that's baptized a treasure so valuable that St. Thomas teaches that the sanctifying grace in just one soul is worth more than the entire material universe and all it contains. The sanctifying grace in one soul is so valuable, it's worth more than the entire material universe and everything it contains. So what does that have to do with ungrateful lepers? Well, just look at how these folks express their gratitude. How are they thanking our Lord? By throwing this infinite treasure away by ignoring our Lord, and by never, or practically never, going to church. And what does it mean when so many people completely reject the third commandment, keep holy the Sabbath? Well, as everyone here knows, at the minimum, under the pain of mortal sin, we're all bound to go to Mass every Sunday and every holy day obligation. But these people never, or practically never, go at all. Now that's absolutely horrific. Because it means, barring actual miracles, barring actual miracles, of the adult populations of these countries, 60% of the French, 48% of the Dutch, 46% of the Belgians, 33% of the Spaniards, and 30% of the West Germans have made firm plans to spend eternity in hell. And it's actually worse than that because the people that break the third commandment every single Sunday aren't the only ones heading there. Mortal sin is called mortal because it kills the supernatural life of the soul which means that if a man dies with one single unrepented mortal sin he dies without sanctifying grace 
That means he doesn't have the power to get to heaven, and he couldn't live there even were he to get there. Everyone in mortal sin is heading towards the abyss, not just those who never keep holy the Sabbath. So we can see what our Lord meant when he warned us about the broad and wide and the straight and narrow. Quote, Enter ye at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there are who enter by it. How narrow is the gate, and straight is the way which leadeth to life, and how few there are that find it. Close quote, our Lord and Savior. Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there are that find it. Our Lord said to St. Faustina, quote, Tell sinners that no one shall escape my hand. If they run away from my merciful heart, they will fall into my just hands. And if they bring all my graces to naught, I begin to be angry with them, leaving them alone and giving them what they want. Close quote. What do sinners want who never or practically never go to church. They want God to leave them alone. They want God to leave them alone. But that's the essence of hell. In fact, that's the greatest pain in hell. There's two principal pains in hell. The pain of sense and the pain of loss. The pain of sense is the hellfire that burns the demons and the damned in hell. But as St. Teresa of Avila points out, the pain of sense, the hellfire, is actually an expression of the mercy of God. Well, how's that, Father? How has it been burning for all eternity with hellfire as an expression of the mercy of God? Well, because the hellfire distracts the damned from a far worse pain, the worst pain. And because it distracts them, it lessens their principal suffering, which is the pain of loss. The pain of loss is the reality. The actual reality that although their true happiness can only be found in gazing upon the infinite beauty of God for all eternity in the beatific vision, the damned soul will be forever closed in on itself, completely surrounded by enemies, hatred, and hellfire, eternally alone, alone, eternally alone. 60% of the French, 48% of the Dutch, 46% of the Belgians, 33% of the Spaniards, and 30% of the West Germans. What are these people thinking about? What do they think? Why do they think we're here? Why are we here? God hasn't placed us in the world to become rich. God hasn't placed us in the world to become famous. God hasn't placed us in the world to have a great big party and indulge ourselves with every pleasure that comes our way. God has placed us in this world for one thing, and for one thing only, to give glory to Him and by this means to save our immortal soul. We each only have one soul, and there's only one eternity, one soul, one eternity. For any other error, there is a correction. For any other error, 
there is a remedy. But if we lose our immortal soul, it's eternal. It's forever lost. There are no remedies. We don't want to plunge into the abyss with the herd. We need to make absolutely sure that we, who have been washed clean of the leprosy of original and actual sin and given this priceless gift of eternal life, we want to make sure we're not offending God by following the example of the nine ungrateful lepers. But rather, we want to please Him by showing our gratitude and love. How? By glorifying God and by this means saving our immortal souls. And the two graces we need the most to save our immortal souls are, according to St. Alphonsus, the grace of divine love and the grace of final perseverance. What's the grace of divine love? It means we show our love for God by avoiding what offends Him, avoiding sin, and by seeking to please Him in all things, practicing virtue. The grace of divine love means we seek to avoid sin and to practice virtue. What if we're bogged down in sin and vice right now? Are we doomed? No. Not if we continue to beg God to be merciful and then do what we can. Listen to what our Lord told St. Faustina. Quote, Let the greatest sinners put their trust in my mercy. I cannot punish even the greatest sinner if he makes an appeal to my compassion. But on the contrary... I justify him in my unfathomable and unscrutable mercy. Close quote. If we're bogged down in sin and vice, we beg God for mercy and we do what we can. His first public miracle was turning the water into wine. But he waited till they packed the water. He let them do their part and then he did his part. What does that mean for us? It means for us, we beg God for mercy, we do what we can. We stop the sinning. Stop it. No excuses, no delays. We stop it. Break off the sinful relationships, smash the bottle, flush the drugs, put on the filter, or disconnect the internet, smash the DVDs, and the videos, and the CDs, throw away the magazines and books, cut up the immodest clothing. God expects us to quit making excuses to get serious and knock it off. So the grace of divine love means we strive to avoid sin and to practice virtue. What's the grace of final perseverance? The grace of final perseverance is the grace by which we obtain eternal life. It's the grace of a holy death. If someone receives the grace of final perseverance, it means that he dies in the state of grace. Remember, if we die in the state of grace, we have the power to get to heaven and to live there once we get there. Only the people that die with this power can get to heaven. No one else can. The fathers and doctors of the church teach this grace. The grace of final perseverance is given only to those who ask for it. Listen to that again. The grace of final perseverance is given only to those who ask for it. If we want to get to heaven, we have to ask for that. Our Lord told St. Faustina, quote, Let the greatest sinners place their trust in my mercy. In this regard, then, if this grace is only given to those who ask for it, consider 
just how powerful our daily rosary is. Why? Because the grace of final perseverance is one of the things we're asking Our Lady to help us with when you pray the Hail Mary. What do you mean, Father? Well, what are we asking Our Lady to pray for when you ask her to pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death? When we're asking her to pray for us at the hour of our death, we're asking her to pray that we have a holy death. So since the grace of final perseverance is given only to those who ask for it, and since every time we pray the Hail Mary, we ask a lady to help us out here, obviously we mean praying, we don't mean mumbling words, then think of how powerful that daily rosary is for our salvation. And not only that, consider just three of the 15 promises Our Lady made St. Dominic and Blessed Alan when she gave them the rosary. Quote, I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. The soul which recommends itself to me by means of the rosary shall not perish. Whosoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary will not die without the sacraments of the church. Close quote. The Blessed Virgin Mary. In the cultural sewage that our society is sinking into. The people that will make it to eternal life are those who obtain and preserve the grace of divine love and the grace of final perseverance. How? By begging God for mercy, for praying the most holy rosary, for refusing to compromise with sin by staying as close to the sacraments as possible, most especially the confessional. Let's close with some words from our Lord to St. Faustina. Quote, Right. I'm thrice holy, and I detest the smallest sin. I cannot love a soul which is stained with sin. But when it repents, there is no limit to my generosity toward it. My mercy embraces and justifies it. With my mercy, I pursue sinners along all their paths. And my heart rejoices when they return to me. I forget the bitterness with which they fed my heart and rejoice at their return. Tell sinners that I am always waiting for them, that I listen intently to the beating of their heart. When will it be for me? Close quote. With my mercy, I pursue sinners along all their paths, and my heart rejoices when they return to me. I forget the bitterness with which they fed my heart, and I rejoice at their return. I am always waiting for sinners. I listen intently to their beating of their heart. When will it be for me?